Good Nature Wellness Podcast, Episode 28. Hello and welcome to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. This podcast is all about discovering how you can transform, re-energize, and strengthen your body naturally with the healing power of food to regain control over your health, reclaim your energy, feel better, look better, and be stronger for life. I'm your host, board-certified master health and wellness coach, Barbara Walsh. Hey, did you know that there was such a thing as National Wellness Month? No worries if you didn't. I just found out recently myself. And I have also noticed that the term wellness is actually being used quite a bit these days, especially here in America where the word wellness can be heard just about every day in ads for gyms and spas, for personal care products, wellness programs, and even supermarket brands. Some even describe travel as wellness tourism. And believe it or not, there's even a natural pet food brand that has jumped on the bandwagon marketing wellness for cats and dogs. And that got me thinking, what exactly is wellness and why does it even matter? So today we're going to talk about, you guessed it, wellness. And I believe that you're going to discover some things that you may not know that will help you better understand the relationship between wellness and your ability to stay healthy so that you can avoid viral illness, chronic illnesses, and even diseases like breast cancer. And how you can use wellness like a key, or rather keys, that can unlock the doors to experiencing optimal health that you can enjoy starting right now. So let's dive in. I did a little digging, and I found out that the concept of wellness was introduced to America in the 1950s, when a doctor named Halbert Dunn put the words well-being and fitness together to share his idea of distinguishing the difference between good health, or not being ill, and high-level wellness, which he defines as a condition of change in which the individual moves forward, climbing toward a higher potential of functioning. His ideas became known as the Wellness Movement, which was broadcast nationally in 1979 during a news segment on the television show 60 Minutes. Over the years, interest about wellness has continued to grow at a steady pace, according to the Global Wellness Institute. By the year 2000, wellness had become pretty mainstream through workplace wellness programs, spas, and gyms. And in 2018, National Wellness Month was founded by a company named Live Long Spa, and it continues to be celebrated every year in August to inspire people to focus on wellness. Fast forward to our post-pandemic world in which the novel coronavirus has undoubtedly made people everywhere even more aware and concerned about their health prompting many to adopt new habits to become healthier and stay that way. I guess that's why there's an even greater emphasis on wellness today than there was when the concept was first introduced in the 50s, or even when the very first National Wellness Month was celebrated four years ago. Next, I looked up the definition of wellness, and Webster defines it as the quality or state of being in good health as an actively sought goal, which I thought was pretty interesting. Because before facing breast cancer, I never really thought about health in those terms. To me, the idea of being in good health was something that just was or it wasn't, <laughs> meaning that you either were in good health or you weren't, and in between those two things, there really wasn't anything that you could do about it. And I never thought of health as something that a person could actively seek. And I would bet that I'm not alone in thinking that. The problem with that thought process is that it fosters complacency. 
Complacency is defined as a feeling of being satisfied with how things are and not really wanting to try to make them better. I'm sure you've heard the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or maybe you've even said that once or twice yourself. I know I have, and I get that because most of us are conditioned to believe that we only need to take action if we feel a symptom. And that, coupled with the idea that our health is just something that we're born with, can gradually lead us to a place of acceptance, even if the way we feel is not that great. Honestly, that's how I was for many years. If you've been hanging out with me for a while, I'm sure that you have heard how I was a chubby kid that grew into a yo-yo dieter and eventually became a stressed out and chronically exhausted workaholic wife, mom, and business owner who existed on venti cappuccinos and peanut M&Ms. Living in that daily grind 24-7, I got used to feeling tired and lousy most of the time. But I would just chalk it up to getting older. And as I continued living in that pattern, I started to experience lots of negative symptoms on a regular basis, like catching every cold in every season, UTIs, rashes, digestive problems, and constipation. To find relief from those symptoms, my typical MO was to either visit my doctor to get a prescription or visit the pharmacy to buy an over-the-counter medication. But neither was a permanent solution because regardless of how many meds I took, I would find relief for a short period of time, only to have the symptoms quickly return. And I know it's probably going to sound strange to you, but as I continued to experience symptoms that were often unexplained and overlapping, it still never occurred to me that living in a constant cycle of sickness wasn't normal. I guess I had just resigned myself to the fact that it was all due to the aging process. And everywhere I went, it seemed that idea was reinforced, starting with the pharmacy, where it seemed like all of the medications available were an indicator that I wasn't alone in my struggles, to talking with coworkers, friends, and family. No matter who I spoke with, it seemed like everyone was wrestling with one ailment after another, comparing medications, making jokes out of the fact that our bodies seemed to be breaking down or falling apart, and just accepting our plight with an attitude of, oh well, or that's too bad, or it is what it is. As time went on and things seemed to be getting worse for me, you would think that an educated woman would at some point put two and two together, right? But unfortunately for me, I couldn't see past all those symptoms to see the bigger picture. I didn't realize it then, but I was not at all healthy and I was far from the picture of wellness. Apparently, I had become oddly used to being sick a lot of the time. And I had fallen into a rut of complacency with my health that ultimately resulted in that breast cancer diagnosis. And that was a rude awakening for me for sure. But that diagnosis actually opened my eyes and finally helped me to see that bigger picture that I had been missing for all of those years. And that big picture is really the same for all of us. That our health is more than just the sum of any symptoms that we may experience or any diagnosis that a doctor may hand us. Our health encompasses every part of who we are, starting with our physical body, where all of our systems are designed to work synergistically together in harmony, which in turn impacts all of the other areas of our lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. And it's ultimately the choices that we make every day that determine the quality of our health. And that's where wellness comes in. According to the World Health Organization, wellness is the optimal state of health of an individual or a group. 
and according to the National Wellness Institute, wellness is described as an active process through which people become aware of and make choices toward a more successful existence. So there's a difference between health, which is a physical state of the body, and wellness, which is the state of living a healthy lifestyle in order to enhance well-being. And in my opinion, the biggest difference between the two is that wellness is a choice. And when we make that choice, wellness becomes the key that unlocks the door to good, better, and even optimal health, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I'll be honest with you. This is a concept that I knew nothing about before breast cancer. I never knew that living my stressed out existence was actually a choice that I was making every day. It took a life-changing diagnosis before I came to that realization. Every day I had the choice of whether or not I was going to nourish my body with real food that was filled with vitamins and minerals that my body needed, or skip meals and just drink coffee and eat packaged snack foods instead. Every day I had the choice of whether or not I would exercise or just collapse on the couch. Every day I had the choice of whether or not I could better manage my stress levels or just internalize that stress until it manifested as illnesses. Granted, I honestly did not know better at the time, but finding out the truth about the power of my choices was a total game changer for me. And my journey to natural healing from breast cancer taught me some valuable lessons too. And the biggest one is that our choices really do matter because those choices directly impact our health and wellness. In my case, making smarter choices when it came to what I ate, what I drank, and how I managed stress, and committing to move my body were all wellness practices that actually helped to strengthen my immune system, which was essential for my body to heal naturally from breast cancer, without surgery, radiation, or chemo. And knowing what I know now, I am absolutely convinced that had I made the choice to take an active stance with my health and incorporate wellness into my life sooner, I am positive that I could have avoided breast cancer in the first place. And that's the reason why I am so passionate about wellness, because I know how powerful it is and how it changed my life for the better, how it helped me to regain my health, and how it continues to help me to feel amazing every day. And that's what I want for all of you, too. And the keys to experiencing that kind of wellness are found in self-care. Research has shown that healthy self-care habits promote wellness and keep us happier and healthier. And contrary to popular belief, choosing to embrace self-care isn't actually selfish. Instead, self-care helps us to better manage stress and re-energizes us physically, mentally, and emotionally, which keeps our immune systems strong and our bodies healthy. And it not only makes us better at everything that we do, but it also makes us better equipped to serve and take care of others. But unfortunately, the benefits of self-care and wellness don't just happen. That's why we must do our part and actively seek health. And by using the following self-care keys, you can open up the door to better health and lasting wellness in your own life. Key number one, drink more water every day. Keeping your body hydrated with water is actually one of the easiest and best things that you can do for your health. That's because our bodies are made up of 60% water. Water helps to maintain the balance of all of the fluids in our bodies, and it helps to regulate our body temperature. Drinking water also oxygenates our cells, 
boosts immunity and helps to flush toxins from the body, all of which are essential for keeping us healthy. Water is also a terrific energy booster that can improve physical performance by helping to maintain the balance of electrolytes in our muscles. Drinking water also supports healthy brain function, improves concentration, and protects against headaches. Water is also necessary if we want our skin to stay supple and maintain its elasticity. Younger looking skin? Count me in. <laughs> and water also helps to keep things flowing smoothly when it comes to digestion because it prevents constipation. Water can even encourage healthy weight loss. Wondering how much water to drink? Actually, that amount is different for every person. But here's an easy way to calculate the amount that you should be drinking. Just divide your current weight by two, and that will give you the total amount of ounces to drink every day. For example, if someone weighs 100 pounds, they should be drinking 50 ounces of water. If you're not used to drinking water, I know it can be an adjustment, but you don't have to drink all of that water at once. The goal is to keep drinking water all day long. And here are some tips to help you get started. Try drinking a glass of warm water first thing in the morning and then a glass of water before each meal that you have. Another idea that might be helpful is to set up alerts on your phone as a reminder to drink water throughout the day. And you can also make drinking water more enjoyable by jazzing it up with slices of cucumbers or strawberries, or even adding a squeeze of lemon, lime, or orange to your glass. Key number two, you are what you eat. That's an old saying, I know, but it's 100% true. And this is a super important point because whatever we choose to eat or drink is going to have a direct impact on our health. So how can you start to make healthier choices when it comes to food? First, make the decision to move away from processed, prepackaged, and fast foods and make the shift to quality, whole, fresh foods. Next, be sure to add fruits and veggies to every meal. Fruits and veggies are a scientifically proven way to have and maintain good health. That's because they are naturally full of vitamins, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants, phytonutrients, and fiber. And those qualities are all known to support a healthy balance in our gut microbiome and encourage detoxification, which are both essential for an immune system that works optimally. Eating fruits and veggies can also improve our mood and our concentration and boost our energy levels while lowering inflammation and seriously reducing our risk for developing diseases, including heart disease, diabetes, and even cancer. Just be sure to choose the best quality produce that you can find and make those fruits and veggies the star of your plate. Key number three, prioritize sleeping. Getting good quality sleep on a regular basis is incredibly important, just as important as anything that we eat or drink. In fact, research studies have found that the lack of good quality sleep actually drains our mental capacities and puts us at a greater risk for developing a host of imbalances in the body, from weight gain to inflammation to a compromised immune system, which increases our risk for chronic illnesses, including diabetes, heart disease, dementia, Alzheimer's, and even cancer. That's because when we go to sleep, our body actually stays up and is hard at work to repair and regenerate all of our cells. Sleep also gives the brain the opportunity to do some serious house cleaning of its own, to remove built-up proteins and waste products, and to protect itself from toxic overload. 
This regeneration process that only occurs during sleep supports concentration and healthy brain function, keeps us balanced physically and emotionally, better equips us to manage stress, as well as strengthens our immune response while we are awake. In fact, every cell in the body and the brain is repaired, regenerated, healed, and restored when we sleep. I know that sometimes sleep can seem like it's really not that important. And for some, getting a minimal amount of sleep is even considered to be a badge of honor. I'm sure there are a lot of people who wonder how things are ever going to get done if we're wasting our time sleeping. And I know because that's what I used to think about sleep. But once you understand how crucial it is for the health of our bodies and our brains, I think it's easy to see that sleep is not merely a luxury. It's absolutely essential. Experts recommend getting between seven and nine hours of quality sleep every night. But if you struggle to get your Z's, here are a few tips that can help. Try to set a regular time to go to bed at night and wake up each morning, even on weekends. Avoid eating, especially heavy meals, or drinking things that have caffeine and alcohol in them late into the evening. Set up a cutoff for screen time to limit blue light exposure before bedtime. And try keeping your room dark and cool because that can also help you to get a really good night's sleep. Key number four, keep stress in check. Stress is something that we all experience, sometimes on a daily basis. And while stress in itself isn't always a bad thing, I mean, it can be a motivator that helps us to get things done, and it can even enable us to quickly move out of the way of danger. But too much stress, and stress that is ongoing without relief, can ultimately wear us down mentally and compromise our immune system, which can make us sick physically. So it's extremely important for us to learn how to keep stress in check. And the most powerful way that we can do that is by becoming aware of things that make us feel stressed when we're feeling stressed. Paying attention to those messages that our bodies send us, which include low energy, headaches, muscle aches and pains, upset stomach and digestive problems, rapid heartbeat, and even insomnia can make all the difference because it gives us the opportunity to take action before we become overwhelmed. That action would include trying some techniques that have been proven by science to relieve stress, like prayer, meditation, exercise, deep breathing, or even laughter, which can help to alleviate those oppressive, overwhelming, worrisome feelings and help you to regain your balance and perspective, keep your immune system working optimally, and maintain a hopeful outlook in every situation. If we want to avoid falling prey to illnesses, whether it's the common cold all the way up to something like cancer, and experience true wellness instead, stress management is incredibly important. So important, in fact, that I actually devoted two entire episodes of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast to this topic. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to those yet, I encourage you to check out episode 19, Stress and the New Normal, and episode 5, Stress and the Immune System, to learn more about the effects of stress on the body, along with more details about the powerful ways that you can prevent becoming overloaded by stress and avoiding its health consequences, too. Key number five, make a commitment to get moving. It's no secret that our current lifestyle is really sedentary. Most of us spend our days sitting in our cars or in front of computers and our evenings sitting in front of the television when our bodies were designed for movement. 
When we do move regularly, even doing simple daily activities like walking, standing, bending, or carrying and lifting things, all of those actions actually help to keep our joints lubricated and our tendons flexible so that our bones and muscles can continue to move and move even more freely. And movement actually strengthens our immune system by causing our muscles to produce mitokines, which are proteins that prevent disease and fight inflammation. According to a 2019 research study, moderate intensity exercise also boosts immunity by increasing the circulation of immune cells in the body, which better equips our bodies to fight off invaders, viruses, infections, and diseases. And we all know that exercise tones up our muscles and makes us sleeker and stronger. But did you know that exercise also relieves stress, improves mood, and helps you to get a better night's sleep? And all of those things also help to create an immune system that is strong, which translates to better health for you, which, if you ask me, is amazing news. And here's some even better news. You don't have to be a professional athlete or a gym rat or even have a gym membership to experience the benefits of exercise. It's all about getting moving. Just choose an activity that you really enjoy doing and start doing it for 10 minutes a day. Then work your way up to moving 30 minutes a day for five days a week. And when we choose to make exercise a priority, we can get all of those benefits from relieving stress to increasing our physical strength to boosting our immunity and our mood and our confidence about our health and about the way that we look and feel every day. And that brings us to key number six, take action consistently. Out of all of the keys that I have just shared with you today, this is the master key. That's because information alone just isn't enough. It's so easy to find out information today. It's everywhere, even in this podcast. But let's be honest. If gathering information was all it took for us to see actual improvements in the way that we feel, people wouldn't be joking about broken down bodies and attributing less than stellar health to just getting older or worse sitting on the sidelines waiting for age-related illnesses to set in. Instead, everyone everywhere would automatically be experiencing the true wellness that we've been talking about today. Unfortunately, that just isn't the case. So the question is, what do we do with what we have learned? How will that information benefit us if we don't actually use it? Just like keys, we may know that the key in our hand opens a door, but if we don't use it, that door will remain locked and we'll never get to see what's on the other side. And just like health and wellness are two different things, so are knowing something and actually doing something. But today is the day to turn your knowledge into action. And action is a verb. It's defined as the process of doing something over a period of time in stages, possibly with repetition, in order to achieve a goal. And that's exactly what wellness is and what we need to do if we want to walk through that door. Because if our goal is to have more energy and improve the way that we look and feel while avoiding illnesses and lowering our risk for diseases like cancer, we have to be those people who actively seek health and actively choose to live a lifestyle of healthy choices every day. The secret is to start taking action and to stay with it. That's because when we try something new, it can take 21 days for that new thing to become a habit. And it takes 90 days for those new healthy habits to become a lifestyle. 
So when it comes to incorporating the self-care actions that lead to wellness, it's okay to start small, especially if the idea of actively seeking health is new to you. Although it might not seem like a lot, taking small steps like adding one or maybe two self-care habits at a time to your daily routine and then continually adding more as you master each one can actually have a huge impact on your health. Remember, getting started even with a small change that is done consistently will always pay off big time when it comes to improving your health and experiencing wellness. I really hope that what I shared with you today expands your understanding of wellness and you can now see the relationship between our choices and our health and the importance of the choices that we make every day and the importance of taking action. I also hope that you can begin to incorporate the six self-care keys that I have given you today as daily actions to unlock the door to better health for yourself and your family. The master key and all of the keys are in your hand. They're just waiting for you to use them to open the door to a healthy life that you have always imagined where looking better, feeling better, improved health and true wellness become a reality for you today and every day to come. And if you're ready to experience true wellness in your life and you'd like to have a step-by-step -step action plan for getting started and staying consistent with it once you do, you'll definitely want to grab a free Empowered Health Strategy session with me. I have a limited number of spots available, so be sure to go to goodnaturewellnesscalendar.as.me slash empowered health today to get your spot before they're gone. I will be sure to leave that link for you in the show notes for this episode as well. And I want to thank you all again so very much for joining me today. Until next time, this has been Barbara Walsh, board certified master health coach and host of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. My very best wishes to you for better health today and true wellness that lasts a lifetime. Disclaimer, the Good Nature Wellness Podcast offers information about nutrition, health, and wellness that is designed for educational purposes only. Any opinions expressed or information that is presented by NBC HWC board certified master health coach, Barbara Walsh, is not a substitution for, nor should it be used as a replacement for medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay seeking medical advice or treatment from your physician or other healthcare professional because of something that you may have heard in this podcast. Please note that while every effort is made to broadcast information that has been carefully researched and is current, ongoing developments in medical research may impact health, wellness, and nutritional advice included in this podcast. No assurance can be given that information or advice included in this podcast will always include the most recent findings or developments related to the material in this or any episode. Any information provided in this podcast is to be used solely at your own risk. Under no circumstances will Barbara Walsh, Holy Health Coaching, LLC, DBA, Good Nature Wellness be responsible for damages in connection with the use of this podcast.